Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show this morning to chill our spines and put us in an emotional dramatic pause, the childhood actress, Miss Margaret O'Brien. Miss Margaret O'Brien started her career out in 1941, appearing in the Metro Goldemere movie, Babes on Broadway. Miss Margaret O'Brien went on to appear in many movies such as Our Vines Have Great Grapes Our Vines Have Grapes The Dance Encourage The Secret Garden and many others but what Miss Margaret O'Brien is best known for is her 1944 performance co-starring with Miss Judy Garland as the little girl named Judy in the 1944 musical movie Meet Me in St. Louis and you may have heard Miss Margaret O'Brien on my previous episodes on my Thanksgiving episode and my Christmas Spectacular Part 1. But today, Miss Margaret O'Brien comes to the show solo. In this first episode, she plays a little girl who has been adopted by some well-educated people known as professors. She has been brought up by them and they have raised her as their own, making the little girl really smart and very wise. But one day, the little girl ends up having a interview come through to her. So the little girl is interviewed by a reporter named Mike. Mike is a well-known bachelor who has been interviewing many people throughout their town but finds the little girl very intriguing Mike is also engaged to his on-time girlfriend but what Mike doesn't realize is that the charming little girl doesn't believe in fairy tales goblins ghosts witches or anything like that but the man tries to convince her that they are all real so the little girl ends up uh, believing the man and starts having an imagination of her own but not only does she have an imagination she come to she has come to realize that she really likes Mike and cares for him a lot Mike doesn't realize it until his girlfriend breaks up with him and he comes to realize that that little girl is very fond of him and that he is fond of her and wants to adopt the little girl so he goes back and not only wins her heart but wins the heart back of his fiance and it is called lost angel which is also a well-known film in 1947 and the old time radio show appeared on the academy awards show and in this next episode 
we find Miss Margaret O'Brien playing once again a little girl. The little girl has been through a traumatic event when she loses both of her parents in a war. So she is brought up with her grandmother who loves her very much and takes care of her. Her grandmother and her live in England during World War II. So they end up living in the house when one day Florence is going through a traumatic state of mind thinking about her dog named Cricket. Cricket saved her from the fire when she was just a little toddler and she has thought about Cricket ever since then. So one day her grandmother tells her about the story of Cricket and she ends up longing to find him. So the little girl tells her that Cricket will come back. But Mrs. Edney does not believe her granddaughter until towards the end when a bomb erupts and hits the town, destroying everything in its path. And the title of that episode is called Cricket. And it appeared on the old-time radio show Suspense. I hope you guys enjoy Miss Margaret O'Brien as we start off our presentation for the month of March, bringing the women who pioneered the women of today during the golden age of Hollywood. If you like the show, please comment and subscribe, guys, and enjoy the show. Thanks. The House of Squibb presents Academy Awards. Tonight, Margaret O'Brien in Los Angeles. week, Squibb brings you Hollywood's finest. The great picture plays, the great actors and actresses, techniques and skills chosen from the honor roll of those who have won or been nominated for the famous Golden Oscar of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. generations, the House of Squibb has been known for the high quality and unfailing dependability of its products, each the result of a never-ending quest for perfection. Today, the great family of Squibb products reflects the tremendous advance of science in its contribution to human health and well-being. The name Squibb stands for Progress Through Research. Squibb is a name you can trust. Tonight, Squibb welcomes to Academy Award Margaret O'Brien, who in 1944 was awarded a special Academy Award as the Outstanding Child Star of the Year. 
Margaret O'Brien will be heard in her famous screen role from Lost Angel. And now, Academy Award. This is the story of a little orphan who fell into the hands of some very bright characters known as professors. It is a story, too, of Mike, a reporter, and his girl, Katie, and of other characters more or less concerned with the demonstrating of magic to our little girlfriend. The kind of magic this brightest little girl in the world was afraid did not exist. But since it is her story, let's begin with a statement made to the press by one of the professors when they found her on their doorstep. Ladies and gentlemen, our long search is over. Our subject, a female infant's newborn, has been found. The necessary legal steps have been taken, and the child is in our hands. Today, under the banner of the Pickering Institute, we begin experimenting... And so on and on and on. What he was trying to say was that little Alpha that is her name, was going to get the works. Well, six years go by, and Alpha plus the works is ready to be interviewed. And here to interview her is Mike Regans. How do you do? Won't you sit down? Uh, thanks. What paper are you from? The transcript. Oh, a reactionary, isn't it? Oh, I suppose you read it every day. Just the editorials. I go over them with Professor Smith. And uh, what do you think of our editorials? Oh, we find them amusing. Have you prepared a list of questions you want me to answer? Well, uh, I... We could begin by my giving you the schedule of my day. I have an English lesson first, then history, art... And then reading and writing and arithmetic, huh? Oh, of course not. I have algebra, economics, Chinese, semantics, and beginning tomorrow, philosophy. Because I'm six years old today. Oh. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Uh, tell me, uh, what do you do for fun? Oh, uh, I like reading best. Oh, reading? Like the uh, Horatio Alger stories, the Bobsy Twins fairy stories, stuff like that, huh? I've been told about them. What? Fairy tales? What's wrong with them? After all, there's no point in wasting time on things that aren't true. Oh, wait a minute. Just what isn't true about fairy tales? Are you serious? Dragons, flying carpets. Now, really. Well, I'll just have to tell that leprechaun I had breakfast with this morning that he isn't real, I guess. A leprechaun? What's that? Oh, a little man, green hair, blue nose, shoemaker by profession, Irish. I suppose you've seen witches, too? Of course. And what about dragons? Do you believe in them? Why, certainly. You've never seen one. Well, if that's not a woman for you... Well, listen, Professor, do you know what a zebra is? Of course. Have you ever seen a zebra? Well... well but you believe there are zebras, don't you? Yes, but... Well, all right, then. I believe there's a whole world of magic outside. All kinds of magic. You do? Sure. Now, mind, uh, some people go their whole lives long and never see it. Naturally, they'll tell you it isn't true. But if you know what you're looking for, believe it. Heart. Well, it's there. You can find it. Can you? Mm-hmm. 
Time for your music lesson, Alpha. Oh, not just yet. Oh, Mr. Beacon, could you wait just a few more minutes? No, I'm afraid I haven't any more time, Professor. But uh, don't you worry. I'll take care of that other matter for you. I'll be sure to tell my leprechaun that you say he's not real. Say, Gus, you're a bright reporter with an eye for scoops. What do you make of that coming in the door? What do you mean? Oh, that? Looks like a kid to me. What do you want, little girl? I want to see Mr. Regan. Mr. Michael Regan. Yeah? Why? Well, uh, he's my father. But Mike's not... How do you know? Where is Mike? But the fight's with Katie. No kidding. Well, what do you know with Katie with the light red temper? And this one wants to see her father. And do she shall. And why shouldn't she? <laughs> I don't know how you escaped from that intellectual zoo you live in, but you did, and you've got me in trouble, so come on, let's get out of here. Oh, hello, Mike. Looking for Katie? She left a couple of minutes ago, and plenty burned, too. Hey, that's your kid? No. Anyway, she's just impersonating a kid. Midget, huh? All right, now, for heaven's sake, what do you want? When you came to see me, you made certain statements. You said that there were dragons and flying carpets and witches and, well, magic. What? You said not everybody could, but you know how to find it. That's what you said. So? Show me. Well, I'll tell you how it is, kid. There... Of course, if it isn't true, please don't feel bad. After all, all men lie. I know that. What? Oh, look, honey, I, I didn't lie to you. There is magic. All kinds. It's what makes people laugh, be happy, and have friends. I told you I could find it. I'll find it for you. But first, we have to go to a certain nightclub and find Katie Mallory, my girl. Oh, why don't we just go look for magic? Why do we have to see her? Because she's very, very angry with me. And since you're the other woman in the case, you'll have to help me fix it. All right. How do I do it? Professor... It's very simple. You do it by being exactly six years old. Regan, I've been waiting for you. Oh, you're, uh, you're Packy's brother, aren't you? Yeah. He'd like to talk to you, Regan. He's not in jail, either. What he's got for you isn't for your paper. Duck that kid and come on. Well, if it's not for the paper, it's not for me. You can tell Packy I think he's clear on that rap, too, but there's nothing I can do. I'm not one of his boys. Okay, Regan. But Packy don't ask outsiders to do him favors very often. I don't think you're being smart. I think Katie's pretty, Mike. Oh, thanks. 
Oh, and eat your spaghetti, Professor. I think Katie's beautiful. Do you like her better than you like me? What? I said, do you like her better than you like me? Don't laugh at me. Oh, Professor, I swear you're getting younger every minute. Do you like me? Why? I don't know. Oh. Hey. I like you. Hold on. Professor, what's the matter? What did I do? Mike, what did you do to her? Oh, hello, Katie. I beat her. What do you think I did to her? He likes you better than he likes me. What's the matter with her? Well, judging from my past experiences, I'd say she's in love. Look, look, I've got to call the Institute. Oh, take it easy, Professor. Baby, he doesn't like me better. Just differently honest. Now, supposing you got to like me, you'd still like Mike, wouldn't you? People can like lots of people. People with big hearts, that is. Has Mike got a big heart? Yes, darling. Bigger than his head. Professor Vincent, there's a Mr. Regan on the phone. He's found Alpha. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Uh, Just a minute, Vincent. Uh, I'm afraid this case looks like measles. And if it is you, you can't bring Alpha back here. This place is quarantined. Hello. Hello. What's that? Oh, man, you're out of your mind. I don't care who vouches for me. I I don't care. You're not going to stick me with that kid. What do you mean, instructions? She's human, isn't she? She eats and sleeps, and I keep her face clean. What else is there? Now, look, Katie, I can't keep the kids. You know how I live. So I was just thinking, your place is right close by and... Not a chance, Mike. Not a chance. Uh Why not? Because you're her fairy godmother, my friend. But now she's come to you and said, show me. So you're the fellow who's got to show her, Mike. No one else. Oh, I'll spend lots of time with her. It's just that I... Oh, no. Did you see the way she looks at you? Well, you've got to pay for that look. You're a big guy to that kid. And that means you're the guy who's going to sit up with her tonight if she gets sick on that spaghetti. Come on, Professor. Get your hat. And the guy will have to get up at 8 o'clock tomorrow to get her breakfast. Oh, no, Michael. This time, one of your pigeons has come home to roost. Mike, I like your apartment. I'm glad I'm going to stay with you. You are, huh? Yes. Well, I don't mind you staying with me, Professor. Not if you'll play ball. What I mean is, if you'll kind of not get my hair... You mean if I will cooperate? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Very well, I will cooperate. And also, if you wish, I will play ball with you. Professor, you really are a character. Now, look, my instructions are simple. You keep reasonably quiet, eat what you should, and wash at frequent intervals. Is that all clear? Yes. Okay, then we understand each other. And you start right now. Uh, Hey, you don't look so hot, Professor. Maybe it's that green light on your face. I don't think so. I think it's the spaghetti. Oh, no. Oh, good heavens. Well, come on. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I got to answer the phone. No. no. Wait for me. Oh, ye gods. I... Hello? 
Better start getting some sleep. I'll be back as soon as I can. My paper wants me to ring in. But I'll make it fast and be back in no time. You uh, just hit the hay, kid. And pleasant dreams. You won't be scared. Of course not. That would be unintelligent. Okay. Good night, kid. Good night, Mike. Oh, say. I almost forgot something pretty important. Kiss for Cinderella. Good night, Mike. Mike, is that you, Mike? Huh? Hey, who are you? Alpha, who are you? None of your business. When will Reagan be back? Mr. Regan will be back soon. And he wouldn't like you waving that gun around. Oh, no. What do you want? What's it to you? Obviously, you've been very badly brought up. Oh, uh, no kidding. And since you're so intent on staying, please put down that gun and we shall converse. <laughs> well, sure. Sure, leave us do that little thing. brisk action that wakes up your whole mouth, leaves it feeling youthful and alive, with a refreshing new sense of cleanness. And that gives you such a fine feeling of assurance when you're meeting people. Your smile will be brighter, and you'll feel brighter every time you use Squib Dental Cream. So, before every date, as well as every morning and night, brush your teeth with Squib Dental Cream. Taste, feel, and see the refreshing difference. Before continuing with part two of Academy Award, we wish to thank Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer for making this story available. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer are also producers of The Yearling, starring Gregory Peck and Jane Wyman. And now, The House of Squib presents part two of Academy Award, starring Margaret O'Brien in Lost Angel with Marissa O'Brien as Katie and Ira Grossell as Mike. And there is said to be a wonderful bird here Called, uh, called a nightingale, said the emperor. They say it is the best thing in all my great, uh, my great, uh, empire. 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 I have never heard him named, replied the, oh no, replied the, the C-A-V-L-I-E-R. Cavalier. 
Then why wasn't it empty? Oh, Packy, it isn't the same at all. You see, Mike! Call us. Huh? I'd pay you a little visit since you wouldn't come to see me. Oh, no, look here, Packy. Shut up. Make it short and sweet. Look, you gotta find a guy. Lefty Moran. He's the only one who can clear me on this rap. He saw the whole thing. I can't go looking for him. I'd be picked up in two minutes. But a reporter like you knows every angle, see? So you're gonna do it for me. You get it? While you hide out here. Right. I think you should help him. You keep out of this. Why? Because I like Packy. Oh, you're getting like an awful lot of people. Yes, it's getting easier and easier. Look, look, Packy, if I find him, I get the whole story? Oh, but you're wasting a lot of time, bud. Okay. But you'll go right to sleep now, Professor. Okay. And it's for you, Packy. You'll go to sleep, too. Well, I don't feel like it. I'll read to him some more. Oh, murder. time getting him up here. Is he hurt, Mike? Is he? Oh, he'll be all right. Oh, brother, did I have a time with him. Uh, you're a smart guy, Regan. <coughs> all right, Moran, wake up. Uh, take a good look, sweetheart. Regan, get that kid out of here. This punk didn't witness that shooting, did you? Chumper! He did it himself. Nobody's framing me. Oh, listen, you chump. Make him sign a confession. That'll clear you. And then he just walks off, no thanks. No, he doesn't walk off. We call the cops. You pay him off this way, you just put yourself back in jail. Oh, Packy, don't do anything that'll make you go to prison. That would be unintelligent. And besides, I wouldn't be able to see you anymore. And you wouldn't be able to do anything. And you promised you'd show me how to play dice and... Hey. <laughs> you know something, Professor? I think you're right. Come on, start talking, rat. Furthermore, you cops, you'd have never found that chump if it hadn't been for Regan. You guys can really take lessons from him. And a kid? <laughs> oh, boy, what a kid. <laughs> I'll be seeing you, Professor. Remember, always use your own cards. Oh, there she is. There's our little alpha. We got a gangster, Professor Vincent, and, and now Packy won't have to go to jail, and the you, cops team... You and... unprincipled man. Is this the care with which you watched over her? Gangsters, criminals. Why, to me, you're no better than one yourself. Don't you dare talk that way to Mike. I hope it gives you some satisfaction to know that you've probably ruined years of work. That you... Well, Mr. Regan, the Pickering Institute has some influence in this city... You haven't heard the last of this. Oh, yes, I have. I've heard the last of it. Get out of here, Vincent. All of you. Let us go home, my dear. But I can't leave, Mike. Mike, I can't now, go. Look, Professor. You came to me, so I'd show you magic. Well, there's, there's loads of magic, isn't there? There's all kinds. I showed it to you, didn't I? Now you've got to go back. The professors are good people, and you've always liked them. But, Mike, it's different when you love people. It's not the same as liking them. I love you, Mike. And when you love people, you have to be with them. Don't you see, Mike? Regan, if I if I spoke harshly to you, I'm sorry. Perhaps I... Oh, will you... Will you please get out of here? Oh, Mike! Well, 
gun. That's good, huh? Katie, let's get married now, tonight. Let's go someplace quiet. I've been waiting a long time for you to say that to me, Mike. But it's no. You see, I think I would be too much of a responsibility for you. Whatever it is, you're not willing to give. I saw that just now. So, well, so long, Mike. Okay, so long. But I'm going. I'm getting out of here right now. Shall we try the test, Alpha? It's it's really simple once you've caught on. Can you do it, my dear? I don't want to. Don't make her go through with it. Alpha, uh, would you like to have Professor Zimmerman read to you for a while? No. Well, uh, would you like to go out for a nice walk? No. Darling, would you like to see Michael? He doesn't want to see me. What exactly was the nature of the magic that Mr. Regan showed you, Alpha? Oh, there were lots of things. There was a flying carpet. It looked like an airplane, but it was really a flying carpet. And there was a man whose shirt lighted up, and... Alpha, you know, there are explanations of these things, and they're just as entertaining when you understand them. Oh, but that wasn't the real magic. That was just a little kind. And what was the real magic? Loving people. <laughs> Shouldn't leave the door open, Regan. Oh. All sorts of characters could drop in. Yeah. Away. Oh, you taking a kid with you? Look, I brought her some junk. Where is she? You'll find her at the Pickering Institute. Regan, you're not putting your kid in an orphanage. No, it's not an orphanage. And she's not my kid. Now, look, Regan, I ain't going to stamp on... No, no, Packy. You're a nice guy. Keep out of trouble. Behave yourself. Believe anything you want, but get out of my way. I'm leaving. So long. That guy is nuts or something. What goes around here? Somebody touches a hair on that kid's head, I'll knock him off, so help me, I'll... Packy. Katie. Oh, Packy, have you seen Mike? Yeah, yeah, sure, he just scrambled out of here. We've got to find him. Oh, the kid's awful sick, Packy. What? She misses Mike. She hasn't eaten or slept. No good heel. On and out on her. Let me get on that phone, I'll get the mob out. I guess there's nothing more we can do. He's just vanished. Packy, couldn't the boys find him either? Oh, no, I don't get it. It's the first time they ever let me down that that Mike just vanished. I can't hold out any hope now for the child. She just lies there with her head turned to the wall. Oh, I'd give everything I possess to find Regan. Everything. But don't take no bows, Max. So would we. If he knew, if he read the papers, he'd come, I know he'd come. Where's my kid? Regan! Oh. Mike, I knew you'd come. <laughs> Regan, I'm so glad to see you. I could, oh, I, could, I could shoot you in the stomach. <laughs> did you did you hear them paging you, or did you read about it in the paper? I read what in the paper? Who oh, paged me? 
What's the matter with you people? Now, look, Vincent, I, I want to talk to you about that kid. Oh, Mike, do you mean you came all on your own? Of course I came on my own. What do you mean? Hey. Hey, what's happened? Has anything happened to Alpha? You see, she's been rather ill. Nothing serious. What is it? What's the matter with her? Don't you fools know how to take care of a child? Can't I leave my kid here for a couple of days without you? Mike. Oh, Mike. Yes, sir. Mike. What's what's all this nonsense about not eating? Oh, Mike. You got the other professors sore at me. I'm in hot water with Katie. Probably lose my job. Oh, Mike, you came. I knew you would. It's magic. Oh, Professor. Professor. Easy. Mike. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, well, there are just a few details to clear up. Uh, uh, naturally, we cannot turn Alpha over to a bachelor. No. Well, Katie? Of course, darling. Well... We shall continue to supervise the child's education, and it would be advisable for her parents to keep abreast of her course of study. So, I shall send you a guide to an eight-month preliminary course. Never mind, Mike. I'll take care of you and Katie. Honest, I will. It won't be so hard after the first four years. If you study real hard, in fact, it'll be fun. Lots of fun. your part in holiday festivities with greater zest. Let Squib Dental Cream help to give you a pleasant thrill of refreshment every time you brush your teeth. Discover how much Squib Dental Cream contributes to the sense of well-being that makes holidays and workdays more enjoyable. Let the cool mintiness and the brisk, foaming action of Squib Dental Cream tingle your whole mouth awake. Your mouth feels cleaner because it is cleaner. And your smile will go brighter because Squib Dental Cream sweeps away the dullness that hides the natural luster of your teeth. So, for better dental care, for a wide-awake thrill of refreshment any time of day, brush your teeth often with Squib Dental Cream. Use it whenever you want to look your best, feel your best, and make the best impression. Remember to ask tomorrow for Squib Dental Cream. Taste, feel, and see the refreshing difference. Tonight's performance of Lost Angel concludes the series of dramatic performances presented by E.R. Squid and Sons in association with the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science. We wish to express our appreciation to Gene Herschel, president of the Academy, and to his associates for their splendid cooperation during our relationship with them. We also wish to thank our writer, Frank Wilson, our musical director, Leith Stevens, and our producer-director, D. Engelbach, and to thank you, our listeners, for your response and interest. Margaret O'Brien appeared tonight by arrangement with Metro Goldwyn Mayer. 
producers of Till the Clouds Roll By. Marissa O'Brien will soon be seen with Margaret O'Brien in Metro-Golden-Mayer's 10th Avenue Angel. This is Hugh Brundage bidding you good night for the House of Squibb, a name you can trust. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Ordinary child actress, Miss Margaret O'Brien, co-starring with the incomparable Dame May Whitty. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you... A remarkable tale of suspense. And with the strange tale called Cricket. And with the performances of Margaret O'Brien as Little Florence. And of Dame May Whitty as her grandmother, Mrs. Edney. Roma Wines hope indeed to keep you in suspense. doesn't understand. There's nothing in this house to frighten anyone. Nothing that is bad. Listen, Cricket. There'll be no one here but Anna tonight. And tonight, tonight, you said you'd come. But I won't be here, Cricket. Grandma's taking me to go to screen to stay with Aunt Connor until we find another house. Couldn't you come there too, Cricket? It wouldn't be hard to find. No. I guess you couldn't. I guess this is the only house that you can come to. Is that because... Because you died here, Cricket? Florence? Yes, Grandma? Are you ready? Yes, Grandma. I was just saying goodbye. Please, Florence. Couldn't we stay here tonight? Just tonight? No, dear. Come now. We mustn't keep the cab waiting. All right, then. You go on ahead. I'll be right down. Goodbye, Cricket. I hope you'll understand. Hello? No, this is the maid. Mrs. Edney isn't here. No, she's staying overnight in Golders Green with her granddaughter. You're welcome. Goodbye. Who is it? It's me, Anna. Oh, you shouldn't come in without knocking like that. I heard Mrs. Edney was gone. Have you finished with the cleaning? Not quite. You're early. I was worried. Has there been another robot raid? No, not that. I, I didn't like you being here in the house alone. 
And I want you to tell Mrs. Edney you're not coming back after today. But, Charles, I can't... If Mrs. Edney chooses to live in this house, that's her affair, but... Have you heard it tonight? Have I heard what? You know what I mean. I've heard nothing. The neighbors have. Oh, if they minded their own business, they wouldn't hear so much. They said it was bad. I'm not interested in what they said. Well, you should be. Why should I be? Because of all the things that goes on in this house. Oh, what was that? Who is it? Emma? Oh, oh, oh Mrs. Edney. I thought you'd gone. Oh, good evening, Charles. Good evening. I thought you would stay in the night and go to screen, Mrs. Edney. I am. I left Florence there. But I have to meet the real estate man here, Mr. Peters. Then you are going to move? Yes, Anna. Oh, I hope you're not moving because of the stories that have got around. Oh, don't you worry about me. You'd better go now, Anna. Take your umbrella. It's raining. If you need me, you'll drop me a line, won't you? I will. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Edney. Oh! Ah. I suppose you don't hear it now, Anna. Charles. The neighbor's dog's at it again, Mrs. Edney. The neighbor's dog. You know, there isn't a dog within miles of here. That must be Mr. Peters now. It ain't no dog anyone's ever seen, and you know it. Well, good night, Mrs. Edney. Oh, hello there. Oh, Mr. Peters. Oh, good night, Anna. Charles. Come in, Mr. Peters. Oh, I'm so sorry to be so late, but uh, I've been to Brighton. Have you good news for us? Well, I saw the house. It's going to take a lot of work before you'll be able to move into it. Oh, no. I plan so on being out of this house. Well, couldn't you stay here until... I can't stay in this house another night. But, Mrs. Edney, after you went through all the trouble of remodeling it after the bombing last year, it seems a pity that you'd be leaving it for something so far less attractive. My granddaughter isn't well. She hasn't been since her parents were killed at Coventry. Yeah, I know that, but... Uh, I should think she'd be more comfortable here than that. Say what? That noise upstairs. Well, I hear it too. It's someone up there, eh? Mr. Peters, would you do me a favor? Uh, certainly. Would you come upstairs with me? Of course. But what is it? Follow me. Do you see anyone in the hallway here? No, no, I don't. This is the guest room. Do you see anything unusual? No. I'm sorry to have to do this. Well, not at all, but, uh... This is my bedroom. There's no one here, is there? No, no, there isn't. Let's go downstairs again. I could show you through this whole house, and you'd see nothing. No one. Yes, but, uh, Florence... She isn't here. I took her to her aunt's this afternoon. Well, I distinctly heard noises. <laughs> but perhaps they came from a neighbor. Mr. Peters, the noises you heard a while ago, did they sound as though they might have come from a neighbor's? No. They were in this house, all right. I wish I could help you, Mrs. Edney. I must ask you to say nothing about our moving to Florence. She's against leaving this house. But I know it isn't good for her to stay here. I understand that. I uh, smell something burning. Yes. It's always like that. First the noises, then something burning. But there is something burning. If you can search the house, you'll see no one. 
Nor will you find anything burning. I know. Are you certain there's no one upstairs? You saw. You saw a while ago. Yeah, but I heard it so clearly. And that smell... Would you like to go upstairs again? Yes. Uh, I'll go alone this time. Remember me? Yes. You're the man who wants us to move out of this house, don't you? Well, I look for another house for you because your grandmother asked me to. Don't look anymore. Well, if you say so. I thought you were at your aunt's. No. France, uh, that burning smell. Have you been playing with matches? No. Well, don't you smell something burning? Yes. What is it? It's him. Him? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, you wouldn't understand. Now, you must tell me. You wouldn't want the house to burn down, would you? The house won't burn down. Mr. Peters, would you please go away? Very well. Good night, Florence. Did it hurt much, Cricket? <laughs> Daughter's upstairs. She couldn't be. Are you sure she wasn't up there a while ago when we both went up? But you saw. I showed you. Yeah, you didn't show me your granddaughter's room. I'm going upstairs. Please wait. Certainly. Collars any longer. How did you get in? I came in the back door from the kitchen. Why? I was afraid you'd send me back again. How did you get here? I was given a ride. It was raining. Oh, you're soaking wet. What have you done with your shoes and stockings? I left them by the oven to dry. Well, put on your pajamas and go to bed. I suppose we'll have to stay here tonight. I'll say good night to Mr. Peters and I'll be up later. I've come back, Cricket. I knew you couldn't go to Ann College, so I've come back here. You don't have to worry anymore. Mr. Peters? I'm out in the kitchen. Uh, would you come here for a moment? I, uh, I found these shoes by the oven. They're scorched. Well, Florence must have put them to dry. Yes, I know you've been through a great deal lately, but I'd suggest that you take yourself in hand. But, Mr. Peters... Well, I think you've been imagining things. You insisted there was no one upstairs. But there have been other times. And are you sure that if you'd investigated then, you wouldn't have found an explanation uh, like tonight? I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm only trying to help you. Uh, this burning smell which you thought was so mysterious... You've been very kind and patient. I'm sorry to have kept you so late, Mr. Peters. Oh, not at all, but I do wish you'd reconsider your decision to move. Yes, I'll reconsider. Thank you. Uh, call me in a few days and 
If you still want to move, well, I'll see you. Very well, Mr. Peters. Good night. Good night. Why don't you complain to the neighbors about that dog? They, they've no right to But you see, there isn't any. Thanks again for everything. Good night. Roma Wines are bringing you as co-stars Dane May Whitty and Margaret O'Brien. In a moment, we will present the second act of Cricket by Nell Dinelli, which is Roma Wines' presentation tonight of Suspense. Between the acts of Suspense, this is Truman Bradley for Roma Wines. Elsa Maxwell is recognized internationally as an authority on gracious living. You will be interested in something she said the other day about wine and wartime food rationing. Listen. I find that people who know one simple secret of serving delicious meals aren't bothered much by food rationing. That secret is to enjoy good Roma wine with food. That's a grand suggestion from Elsa Maxwell. So, remember, more Americans enjoy Roma than any other wine. R-O-M-A. Roma Wines. I'm letting you stay, Florence, but just for tonight. Now, you must promise me to go to sleep. But I'm afraid I'm missing if he comes. Oh, you must stop talking like that. Do you know why he might come tonight, Grandma? He's not coming, dear. Oh, yes, he is. It's just a year that he's been gone. A year's an awfully long time for someone that you love to be gone, isn't it? Try not to think about it, dear. Please, Grandma, tell me about it. Oh, no, dear. I want you to go to sleep. Please, Grandma, tell me just once, and then I'll go to sleep. Tell me how brave he was. Please. Oh, Florence. Well, then will you promise to go to sleep? Yes, I promise. Very well. Very well. Once upon a time, there was a little girl. A lonely little girl and... and a dog. A very brave dog. Yes, a very brave dog. It was during one of those awful raids where he sometimes thought... None of London will be left standing. I put you to bed in this very room, and I'd gone downstairs to lock up the house for the night. And the awful bombs seemed to be coming closer and closer. I was standing at one of the windows looking out, and I heard a screeching whistle very close. Then, then there was a splitting crash. the street, the crowds, the confusion. I've been hurt. But I knew you were still in there. But they kept telling me not to. But I'd hurt myself. The house was blazing by now. And then I remembered that Cricket was in there too. And I prayed that somehow, some way, he'd do something. And then we saw you. You were dazed. And Cricket was tugging at you, pulling you towards the doorway. He was leading you straight to safety. You were almost out, both of you. Suddenly, the flaming doorway crashed. It was only 
mirrored under the doorway, and for a moment I thought. But then we saw you coming towards me. It was Cricket who had been trapped inside the house, and we could hear him. The poor, brave dog. There was nothing we could do, for the whole house seemed to fall in after that. And so, the little girl was saved, and her best friend gave his life for her. Why do you make me tell you about it, Florence? It only makes you feel worse. Oh, no, Grandma. It makes me see how brave and wonderful he was. imagining things. It isn't good for you. Listen, Grandma. Charles hears it, too. I heard him telling Anna about it. Please, Florence. And that burning smell. Mr. Peters says it was my shoe. But it was, dear. Then what was it all the other time? Oh, I... Florence, you're feverish. Being out in the rain. You've taken cold. Everything in your head. He can't come to any other house. I know. Now, Florence. I want you to lie quietly and not talk anymore. I mean it this time. I'm going downstairs, and you're to be asleep when I get back. Do you understand? Yes, Grandma. Did it hurt much, Cricket? I know it's late, Mrs. Edney, but I thought as long as Charles said things to make you nervous, and you being alone here and all, well, I thought it was the least I could do. What is it, Anna? It's about the howling, Mrs. Edney. Charles said there was no dog in the neighborhood, but it seems there is. He belongs to the Hitchfords up the street a ways. They, they're renting the place, and the lease doesn't allow them to keep pets, so they've been hiding the poor animal out in the barn all tied up. He's what we've been hearing. We found out on the way home. Oh, thank you for coming back. Florence is ill again. This might help to straighten things out. Is she bad, Mrs. Edna? I'm afraid so. I've called the doctor. Could I help? Oh, if you, if you could stay here tonight. I've made plans to, Mrs. Edney. It's foolish, I suppose, but, but somehow I am relieved to know there is another dog in the neighborhood after all. I know what you mean. I wouldn't for the world have let Charles know. But I was a bit jumpy myself. If we could only convince Florence now. Have you taken a temperature? No, I was going to. Listen. Yes, it's a robot raid. They've been expecting one. The lights. It's probably got the powerhouse. What do we do? But don't be nervous. Have your candles? They're upstairs. Why, it's so dark. Here, take hold of the banister. Just follow me. Careful of the landing now. Do you smell something burning? Yes. Probably has something to do with the lights going out. Look, Anna. That light. Do you see it? Yes. It's Florence's room. But all the other lights are out. Oh, don't get excited. We'll go out and see. Come on. Florence. Yes, Grandma? What are you doing with that lighted candle? It's for Cricket. I told you to stay in bed. I put it in the window for him. It'll help him find the house. Florence, you're ill. Here, dear. Let me tuck you in bed. Oh! 
He's lost. Child, that's a neighbor's dog, Mr. Hitchford. That's not cricket. Oh, yes, Anna. I know his voice anywhere. Please keep covered until the doctor gets here. But I'm so warm. My head's burning. I'll take a temperature. I'm on fire like he was. Why doesn't he come? Florence, please. You'll feel better when the doctor gets here. What is in your mouth, dear? Is my hair burning, Grandma? It's the fever. Keep the covers on, dear. Are the covers to smother the fire, Grandma? Yes, dear. Keep them on. Why doesn't he come? I'm burning. Oh, what's keeping the doctor? The robot raid. He's probably got his hands full someplace. Here, let's look at the thermometer. Let me have it, dear. Shh, I, I think she's asleep. Poor child. It's a dead mate. It's almost 103. Good heavens. Listen. They're getting closer. What do we do? We can't move Florence with a fever like this. It may be new end. Pneumonia. Don't get excited. He's crying because I'm burning like he did. Shouldn't I close the window? There's a wind coming up. Oh, no, Anna. I want to listen for him. I want him to see the candle so he can come home. All right. Try to sleep, dear. Is he coming? Why doesn't he come? Why doesn't he? Got to get that fever down. I'll go and get some aspirin. I'll go with you and get another blanket. Oh, if the doctor would only come. Cricket? Is that you, Cricket? Oh, if they could only see you now, they'd believe me. Why have you come back, Cricket? Don't run away, Cricket. Here, Cricket. Oh, why? Why can I see you this time? I've never been able to see you before. Oh, don't run away. I'll help you. Oh, now I'll have to follow you. And Grandma told me to stay in bed. Oh, wait for me, Cricket. I'm coming. Wait for me. Hariana, look at the smoke. That's never happened before. It's coming from upstairs. Quick. Florence. It's Florence's bedroom. Oh, the curtains are burning. The candle she put in the window. Florence. Look in the bathroom. I can beat these flames out with a rug. Florence. Florence. Look. Oh, there's a handkerchief on the window. Still. I have to climb down the trellis. Oh, dear. I can't see her out there. She couldn't be out in this cold. She must be. Come on. We'll go out the front way. We've got to find her. We will. Let's try the narrow back of the house where she used to walk in. Lawrence! Lawrence! We've got to find her, Anna. Listen. Don't worry. As long as you can hear them robot motors, we don't have to worry. It's only when they stop. my blanket, like he did, and now I don't burn any more either. Lawrence. What does that mean? Feel ahead. What do you mean? The fever's gone. How? I don't know. 
overhead. Fall to the ground, Mr. Disney. Maybe you were in the Edney place. This is Mrs. Edney, Mr. Hitchman. Oh, I'm sorry about your home, Mrs. Edney. Oh, thank you. You got our place, too. Oh, was anyone hurt? Oh, no. Our dog disappeared just before the attack, and we were out hunting for him. I guess if it hadn't been for him, we'd have all been killed. Was there anyone hurt at your place, Mrs. Edney? No, we were hunting the dog, too. Was your dog an Irish setter, Mr. Hitchman? Yes, he was. But how did you know? We've been keeping him hidden. And I knew his name, too. Did you now? Well, what was it? Cricket. What? Well, that's remarkable. Remarkable, Florence. I... I... I just can't... What you say, Mr. Hitchman? Was that really your dog's name? It was indeed. That's very remarkable of you to know, Florence. I thought there was only one dog in the world named Cricket. There is. And so closes Cricket, in which Rover Wines have brought you Miss Margaret O'Brien and Dame May Whitty as co-stars of tonight's study in Suspense. By Roma Wines, R O M A, made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Well, guys, that does it for Miss Margaret O'Brien and her performance on the show for this morning. I hope you guys have enjoyed her performance. Please stay tuned for tonight as I bring to the show. In the first woman behind the microphone, Miss Lorene Tuttle. And join me in the coming weeks as I bring such stars as Miss Lucille Ball, Miss Alice Faye and Phil Harris, and Miss Margaret, oh, Miss Agnes Moorhead, and many others. Please stay tuned for those coming episodes this month. And guys, remember we are celebrating the historic women who have made Hollywood what it is today by bringing them on the show. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And always remember, guys, to enjoy the show. Thanks.